Well, good morning and welcome to KCC Online again. It's great you could join us. You may be watching in Kirtliston or the surrounding areas or in other places of the world. Wherever you're watching, you're welcome this morning. We're going to turn to God's word in Mark's gospel in a moment or two. Let's just pray first. Father, we need your help this morning. We need your help to speak the truth of your word, but we also need your help to hear what your word has to say. There are many distractions. There are many challenges. There are many uncertainties in the age that we live in. So we desire that you would come now by your Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us. Help me as I speak the words of truth found in your, your words, Mark's Gospel. Help me to speak the truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Move and speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're continuing in our series, Who Do You Follow? Looking at Mark's Gospel. And today we're going to be thinking about called to grow. And in particular, Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. I spend a lot of time being aware of the different seasons in the area that we live here in Kirtliston. The photo behind me is of the fields which I think have oat uh, growing in them. I'm sure somebody can correct me if it's not oats growing. But I see this progress happening, living out here in the country just near Edinburgh in Kirtliston. And the process starts by there being brown fields. There's nothing that's growing. And then not long after the brown fields, we begin to see green shoots. And then we begin to see the fields becoming quite green. And then they're getting bigger and bigger, the stalks. And then they're becoming greener and greener until all the fields are really green. And then at some point they start going yellow and then golden. And then there's a harvest that comes and the fields are back to going brown again, which is the stage that we're at just now as we're at the end of August. And so there's a process to growth. But what really struck me as I was looking at this passage is, is that we can often think that we somehow can manufacture growth. And we're told quite a different story in these two parables, one of how the farmer scatters the seed and the second of the mustard seed. And so we're told that actually it's about God's kingdom and it's about how he grows the seed. It's not just about how we go about growing things, but it's about how he is ultimately by his grace, the one who grows things. And so I want us to think this morning, first of all, about planting by grace. Planting by grace, what do I mean by that? Well, in the verse he says, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. This is in verse 26 of uh, chapter three of Mark. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk and then the head and then the full kernel in the head. 
So this is what the kingdom of God is like. So he's talking to the people there present and saying in front of his disciples and others gathered. He's saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man who scatters a seed on the ground. And night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. So essentially, the farmer could be lying in his bed or getting up in the day. But whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed is still going to grow. There's life in the seed. And Ronald uh, J. Kernican, I think that's how you say his name. Soil is simply the medium in which growth takes place. How it grows is a mystery. The seed has a life of its own and the farmer can sleep in this knowledge. So this is beginning to give us this picture that actually when it comes to growth, that essentially what we're learning about in Mark's gospel here is that the Christian is essentially the one who plants the seed but cannot do anything essentially about the growth being in and of themselves or applied to somebody else. You see, the soil is simply the medium. So we plant the seed and the growth takes place. The seed has a life of its own. And so this happens. It happens by the grace of God that actually God is the great farmer, the great gardener who waters the seed, who knows the right temperature, who knows what we need, knows what you need today. And notice in verse 28, it says, regarding the seed, all by itself, the soil produces grain. And in the original Greek, this all by itself is automatos, which is where we get the word automatic. So this seed is automatically, with life in the seed, in a growing process. We plant the seed, it goes in, and then automatically, all by itself, it's growing. And so there again is this picture of grace, the grace of God, that we plant by the grace of God, and that the growth again happens all because of his grace. The soil produces grain, first the stalks, so we're walking out in the fields, and not long from now, the seeds will be planted, I won't be able to see them, you won't be able to see them, but we'll see a stalk growing, and then we'll see the head, and then we'll see the full kernel in the head, just like in the picture behind me. It's automatic, there's an automatic growth. It's not that you can spiritually modify that growth, or I can, it's by grace. And so we plant by grace, but we're growing by grace. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 says that what, after all, is Apollos and what is Paul? Talking about these two characters that we know of in the Bible, these people. Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. This is Paul speaking. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. And that's a really important thing for me to remember as a pastor, that actually I can't manufacture your spiritual growth. 
and I can't manufacture my spiritual growth, that actually it has to be of God, that we come into a relationship with God through Jesus, through Jesus' death on the cross, through his blood shed on the cross, through his resurrection power defeating death, and through the work of the Spirit. And as we enter into that relationship, it's God himself who will help us grow, that will nurture that seed planted in us. But we are to plant and trust the rest to God. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So there is the trusting of growth to God and it's about trusting him and not us trying to build some kind of own, our own kingdom empire. And as we've been in lockdown, there's a big part of me that would love to see people on the streets crying out to God in repentance. I'd love to see that we are crying out to God as Christians in repentance and looking to be refined and praying more and seeking God more. I'd love to see revival breaking out. But at the moment, we don't really see that. And at times, it's quite hard going. At times, I felt frustrated that, God, here we are, and you seem to be at work, but we don't see too many signs of that. At times, it's been frustrating for me, and at times, I felt low, thinking, well, what is happening here? How can we see growth? But that's my perspective and we're told let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest and I'm thinking like that at times and maybe you are maybe you're not but maybe we're watching this somewhere in the world and we're literally the only Christian in our town we're watching this somewhere in the Middle East where there isn't even a church that you could go to if it wasn't locked down that we maybe see that what we're doing is hard work. We don't see so much a harvest. But what I've come to see in this passage this week is that it's of grace that we plant, but growing by grace means that the growth that takes place, that people coming to salvation in Jesus, us growing in Jesus, is all of his grace too. And it's about his timing and so I need to be patient and maybe you need to be patient and maybe for those people in your family that you pray for that don't know Jesus and you're thinking will they ever come to know Jesus that that we need to trust God for the harvest that maybe if we're watching this and we don't know Jesus and we're thinking well you know I'm not sure whether I could I'm worthy enough to become a Christian I'm not sure whether I could myself grow and know who Jesus is well actually it's about God's grace and his timing in your life too and so maybe the day is today that you actually can receive and accept Jesus and we can know what growth is because of the grace of God and so at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I'm not to give up and you're not to give up. We're to persevere. We're to keep going. We're to fix our eyes 
on Jesus and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though we might feel tired, even though we might feel frustrated, even though we might feel uncertain in the age that we're in with COVID-19, let's not give up, let's not become weary. But we also see in this passage, in this second parable, that it's about multiplying by grace. So verse 30, again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So the kingdom of God, how can we describe it? Well, it's like a mustard seed, and we're told that's the smallest seed. So the kingdom of God is not about how big is your church. It's not about how big is your ministry. It's not about how successful is your life, how big is your house. It's about actually the paradox of something that's taken that's so small that many people can't see it, and yet... When it takes root, it becomes the largest of garden plants, so big that actually birds can perch on the branch itself of that bush. And that's, again, an encouragement for us that actually it's God who grows his kingdom. At times, I'm concerned when I hear about mega churches and the model of just getting bigger and bigger. There are too many sad stories of churches that have grown to 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 that have just blown up, as it were. And I'm not saying that it's wrong per se to have big churches, but I don't think the model that we're reading about in Mark is that actually the aim is that we make things big that it's actually about God's kingdom and him growing things by his grace, that it's about him growing in us. It's about building his kingdom from that which is often small. So when the disciples were gathered around, as we've been hearing about this diverse group, might be thinking, well, what difference are we going to make? What difference are we going to make? How's this going to happen? And yet it's God by his grace who multiplies by grace the disciples who keep multiplying, who keep multiplying to the point that we are here today as a result of his grace. Paul Tripp helpfully says, you can't have a gospel event mentality because you are planting seeds and you must be patient and persevere. So if we've just got this kind of, we're going to create an event we're going to do this, we're going to, it's going to be mega, it's going to be off the scale, we're going to do this in such a way that actually we'll make this happen, we've got the wrong end of the stick. Because we're planting seeds, and because when you put a seed into the soil, it's automatic, the growth, and it's ultimately up to God how it grows. So we must be patient, and we must persevere. We cannot rush things we cannot just say well actually it's all about this or that we're going to make this happen and as I've reflected back in the 90s in certainly the west and uh, western Christianity and the early 2000s 
there was a sort of culture that said that we need to be history makers, that we need to have great passion, that we need to be fire starters, we need to set the world alight. And it was all about energy and passion and changing the world. And we're going to be the people that do this. Now, you might say that I'm being maybe more cynical, being more middle-aged, as it were. But what I see in scripture, what I see in the gospels here is a humility that says, well, actually, just because it's small and just because we are where we are in ones and twos and threes, meeting up with people, praying with people, doesn't mean to say it's insignificant. In fact, it is significant that God wants to grow his church the way he wants to grow his church. And it's a concern of mine, I guess, is that when we think we've got to set the world alight, you know, this one sermon is going to make this whole village or this whole town or this whole country or this whole world just come alight. Or this one thing that I do in pastoral care, this one thing I do to help people will change the world. We put an undue pressure on ourselves. And what God calls us to do is to be patient and to persevere and to take small steps and to trust him for growth, to trust him and his work by the Spirit to grow us, that we plant, that we grow by grace and we multiply by grace. And we read in verse 33 and 34, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. You see, here is Jesus, and he's speaking in parables that the big crowds don't really understand because they're not understanding that in a way that they see truly the fruit inside the nut, as it were. That Jesus spoke this in such a way that they would want to unravel and get to the good fruit. And he didn't say anything without using a parable. So actually, those who were seeing would truly seek and see. Those who were hearing would truly hear. But those who didn't want to really see or really hear would not be seeing or hearing. And he was, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained things. You see, it was Jesus explaining things to people by grace that they would grow and that they would grow to become more like him, that he was showing them what discipleship looked like. That it wasn't about starting a revolution, which many of them might have thought themselves. It wasn't about overturning the Romans. It wasn't about him coming as this revolutionary Messiah, but somebody who would sit with people, who would pray with people, who would be patient, who would demonstrate the love of God in the way that he preached and healed and cared for people. And so what is our response to this? Well, one response might be that we just don't grow. We might be somebody who's not a Christian and we might say, well, that's all very nice, but you know, I don't want to accept this seed planted and I don't want to grow. Or we may be a Christian and we've become lukewarm and we're just apathetic and we say, well, you know, I don't want to grow. I just 
just want to do my own thing. I don't want to be watered by the Spirit. I don't want to grow. Well, if we're in that position, we're in a sad position. And I want to say that we do need to grow. And I want to encourage you that if you don't know Jesus, that you will trust him and pray that he will water that seed that you've heard and that you will trust him and he will change and transform your life. And if you're lukewarm at the moment, that you would again look to Jesus as the one who can help you grow. But secondly, where we might be more tempted is to grow in our own strength. Well, I'm just going to do this in my own way. I'm, I'm going to do this in my own way. I'm either going to be like, well, I'll just dip in and out of church online, or I just read a bit of the Bible now and again, or I just pray a bit. Or we could be on the other end of the scale where we're like, you know, well, I need to read pretty much the whole Bible every month. I need to be praying three hours a day. I need to be going telling everyone about Jesus. And so we can be looking to grow in just what we do in a performance related way or somewhere in the middle that we can be tempted to grow in our own strength rather than waiting on the Lord, rather than looking to him and being patient and persevering and allowing him to grow us by his grace. Or the third way we can live, which is the way that I think this passage and these parables are helping us to think about, is that we can grow by his grace. That we can, on bended knee, say that, God, I, I can't do this myself. I can't really truly grow myself. I can't really plant things myself without your grace. I can't really live day by day without your grace. I need you to water me with your spirit. I need to know the loving kindness of Jesus. I need to know what it is to be molded and shaped by you. And in order that I might grow and that I trust you for the harvest. I trust you for this growth in my life. I trust you in this growth for my family. I trust you with this growth in this community and within this nation and within the world. And in this time of COVID, we trust you, God, to bring about the growth. It may not look like there is much growth happening. It may look like there are lots of brown fields, but underneath there are seeds that are being planted with your neighbours, with your friends, even in your life as you're watching this. And God wants to take those seeds and in his time he will water. The temperature will rise, the plants will begin to grow and he will reap a harvest. So may you be encouraged by that and may I be encouraged as I've looked into this passage and I am, that in those frustrating days, those tiring days, that we would trust him for the growth in our own life, but also in the lives of others. May his kingdom come. May his will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this truth that actually the times that we, we try to do growth ourselves, we try to make things happen, the times that we feel frustrated where we don't see enough growth are the times when we need to really trust you. We need to trust you every day. So help us to trust you for that growth, for that watering, 
for that harvest. And we pray that we would trust you day by day, prayerfully looking to you, calling out to you and trusting in the name of Jesus. Come, we pray by your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, I pray that you would uh, be able to chew on this passage, take it to heart, remind yourself as I need to remind myself the truth of the gospel day in, day out, and how freeing it is to know that he is the one who grows in us by his grace. And in that sense, the pressure's off. We just trust him and look to him. And so may you do that even today and even this week. Have a great week. Thanks.